0: You're listening to the Music Interval Theory Podcast with TC and Frank. We're going to start with pentatonic, but pentatonic dominant because it opens up a lot of possibilities for blues and jazz and rock and roll that you might not see if you're just playing the normal two pentatonic minor and pentatonic major. And this is the scale, we're starting in A, so it's. With that pattern, we're dividing it in half. The bottom half and the top half. The bottom half goes like this. Out of that, we have a bunch of little a seventh chords, and they can be used together. So if I just look at these guys, that's one. So that's two. And then three. So it's three little A7th chords. I know some of them have ninths in it, some of them are extended. But the point is, it's not going to matter if you're comping. So you can go. Okay, so that enables you to see these little guys. So now you don't have to have four parts. You could just use three parts. If you use three parts, it's this. So, but we're starting off very simple. This is a pentatonic dominant. It's scale tones one, two, three, five, and minus seven. So you get a ninth sound in there because it's got a twos in, but you can have three-part chords or four-part. If you have three, you get these guys. four parts. And you can hear it gets thicker, so you can control how thick that is. That is all dividing this scale into two vertical halves. The bottom half which is what we were just using, and now the top half. So here's the top half. Okay, so now that top half also has three parts. So now I have the bottom half, which is this, top half, bottom half, top half, bottom half, top half, bottom half, top half. And both of these can be three-part or four-part chords. You can actually have two if you want. If you're just comping, you just take two notes, since you know what the column looks like. Right? It enables you to play around all over the place. And actually, you can't play a bad note because the second you do, a good note is just one away all the time. And if you get these columns down, you're going to have so many options just playing in that one position. So the idea is to learn the two columns. So it's... And get to where you really can play those and probably sweep with the pick. I'm using Jeff Beck style, so I don't have a pick, but... Sorry. Okay, so you want to get to where you can go back and forth between those. And once you've learned that, then go up to the next position for an A dominant pentatonic, and that'll be here. Now the top half of your last position becomes the bottom half, and this is the new pentatonic dominant. So now the top half looks like this. And just like the other columns, you can pull three-part and four-part chord structures out of them. So this would sound like this. So now I have this guy. And this is a very pretty sound, by the way. So we're in this position now. So this is a, believe it or not, a little A7 chord. But it's built in like fives, right? You got all fives on top. And then you got the seven down here. So, this is nice if you have walking bass lines. This outside interval here is a 14, right? So, and then I have these guys in in below. And it all comes from this. All right. Then let's go up to the next one because there's five tones, there's five positions, right, for the pentatonic. And the next one is here. Everything applies. So you got three and four parts that you can pull or you can just have dyads, just little simple dyads, okay? Okay. When you're comping, if there's a keyboard player, stay out of the way. I mean, you know, let them do the work. Let's be real musicians and be a little bit lazy and let the keyboard player do a little, they have bigger egos than we do anyway. Well, I don't know if that's true. But, (laughs) but, but, so we got five positions, right? And the position is always what's on top. So whatever your top note is, is that's the position you're gonna be playing. If you're thinking in terms of a column, and remember, each position of the pentatonic dominant has two columns, but if you're just sticking in one column, like this down here, it's the root. So this column, it's the position of the root, so it's... If I'm thinking the actual guitar position, it's position of the two, because the is going to be on top if I play the pentatonic. That column is a column with the position of the two in it. So you just kind of, you get to where it doesn't matter. You just know the shapes because guitar is a shaped instrument. But if we know the actual notes and the shapes, it really helps getting a lot out of your playing and soloing. Here's the secret. This is how you practice. it. Pick an RC in your head. I want you to pick an RC in your head. Let's say, for sake of making it easy, it's 2 descending. RC 2 descending. My root is going to go A, G, F, E flat, D flat, B, A. So let's start off the A position, just the A column position of the root. And this is what it looks like. Now we're going to voice lead that whole column to a G root, which means that's descending. It's RC descending. So we're going to go up the opposite direction, and that's going to be the G column with the 2 on top because the A column had the 1 on top. We're going up, so it's not the 2. And so this is what it sounds like going A to G. Here's the A. G. A, once you start seeing that, now we're going to go to the F root. And the F root is going to have what note on top of the column? It's going to be the three, because we're going up, right? So we start off with the one, then it's the two, then it's the three. And here's what the F sounds like with the three on top. So here's A, G, F. We're actually voice leading these columns. The next one is going to be from F down to E flat. We're just keeping RC2 and that's why I want you to start with the RC2s going both ways down and up. Because on the guitar, that really clarifies where you are on the columns. If you start doing RC5s, they sort of just flip-flop. It'll work, but it's not as good. The 2s are great. So stick to RC2s descending and RC2s ascending, and that'll open up all of the columns to you. Now we're on E-flat. Here's the F. Now E-flat, okay, that's the E-flat. The next is the D-flat. Now we come to the B, which is going to be the same shape as the column with the root on top. So we're back to our original. If you go from A all the way down by RC2, when you get to the B, you're going to be starting on the front column with the root on top. Then the next thing from there, you'd go to the A, but you're in the column with the two on top. Two's on top now. So you get double practice on seeing these columns. I would do mostly RC2 and RC3s. I wouldn't bother with RC5 because you're going to get it. You can do RC1s. That's going to really take you a long time to get all the way up the neck. I want you to hear the sound and the structures because these guys offer you so many dominant chords. I mean, all your dominant chords are going to be covered. And as far as comping goes, you'll never be lost because you'll see the columns and you'll have immediately six, maybe nine possibilities. And if you're thinking in only terms of two notes, like an A, and then the second column. So I've got this. Right? So you can have fun. Nanny-wanny. Just two notes. Just all of a sudden, boom, your comping ability and choices explodes. Let's talk about um, the smallest intervals we have. Ones and twos. How do you use those? How would we use them in the context of blues, let's say? Ones and twos. If I want to do three, six, two, five chord progression, I would use 11s instead of ones because that gives me an open voicing for guitar. This would be the one sound, right? But it sounds better here. That's more like a guitar sound right? So let's say I'm in the key of G. What's the three chord in the key of G? B minor. Okay, forget about the minor part, just the B is all I care about. Here's the B note, right? Remember, we're going to be in G. So three, six, two, five is this, right? I'm going to just put 11s, straight 11s. And now I get I don't care what chord it is. Just 11s. What is the nature of 1 and the nature of 11? So 11s resolve to 9s and 1s expand to 3s. That's a one, it wants to go. That's where it wants to go. Or elevenths want wanna go to nines. So now if I put resolution on all of my elevens, what do I get? I get. I'm not playing chords. I'm just playing intervals. Now, the interesting thing is, once you're in only intervals, even though we're outlining a three six two five, well, maybe we should make it a plus four seven three six two five. Oh, okay. Well, here's plus four. It doesn't matter, I can keep backing up. I can do turnarounds with those, just those intervals. The keyboard player is gonna look at you and go, what the hell were you doing? That's what's gonna happen because he's not thinking like that. He's thinking of a F sharp, minor seven flat five, is what he's thinking of, so he's thinking of this. That's what he's going to be doing. And still, if you land on a bad note, make sure in the repetition, you repeat the bad note. And then everybody will think, wow, <laughs> you are a genius. <laughs> but it's actually purposely in the first place. So C and 11. That's a B note. So let's resolve it. So we're going to go up the scale. 11, 10, 10, 11. So now you can just fool around with this. using your tens you want time to think about if you're ad-libbing something or you're trying to play a solo you just stay in the scale and just use your resolutions give yourself time to think and also the resolutions start taking you places you can hear where if you go you know I just Oh, I just shift it one and I get that pretty little change, and that, that takes me to a new tonal center if I want. This podcast is powered by the Music Interval Theory Academy, your resource for getting clarity and confidence in music composition and orchestration. See you inside at musicintervaltheory.academy.